You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hello, I'm Lacey Thompson. <laughs> I'm on staff here. They were just all debating whether or not they should give me an introduction. So for those of you that are new, um, I run Surge School here, and we're loving it. It's been a blast. A little bit more enthusiasm from the Surge School. Thank you. Thank you for that conference. See, I don't even, they just respond. It's amazing. Um, So, yeah, I get to speak today. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm just going to warn you that it's, this is not like a super polished message. This is a word that I was getting over the weekend from the Lord, and um, we're just going to talk about it. But first, uh, so, so take that in and be like prepared mentally. For those of you that came for the 10, 10 points and all that. I'm sorry. Come next week, because Chris might be speaking. I don't know. And he does a pretty good job at that. But... Hey, I told him they should go a lot more often. Yeah. Th- oh, thanks. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> we're playing, huh? We're just, we're just doing what we want to do. Um, okay. So we're going to talk today about, um, about being sold out for the Lord and what that looks like. And Really, I've just been being just stirred and uh, this weekend, just when I was talking to the Lord, um, about there's so much pressure right now to be, to be conformed to this world. There's a whole lot of pressure for us to overthink what we're saying, overthink what we're wearing. Um, you know, is this okay if I wear a Jesus is Christ shirt? Is it going to offend anybody? You know, uh, what am I going to do if I go to the store and I... I, you know, I say something that makes somebody else mad. Now, I'm not talking about being an ugly, awful person. I'm not talking about just say whatever comes to your brain. But I'm, I'm saying there's a pressure to look to the world to how we're supposed to be. And that is not the call that the Lord has given us, is it? Um, the political spirit is the thing that Pilate was operating in when he just washed his hands and let Jesus go to the cross. That's, that was that political spirit. That was the, the politically correct thing for him to do. I'm just not going to get involved. And the people wanted Jesus dead, right? They're like, kill him. We want to kill him. So what was this, what did, how did he respond? He responded with, okay, go for it. And there's a pressure right now for us to look around and, you know, on social media or in, in, in the media or even just um, with the world's influence and go, I need to be quiet. I need to sit down. I need to not make anybody uncomfortable with my love for Christ. Right? Ooh, it got quiet. But that isn't our portion. And Jesus, or, or in Romans 12, it talks about being a living sacrifice. I'm going to read that to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Okay, so that's what we're supposed to, we're supposed to focus on pleasing God, right? And live for God. This is your true, proper worship. Wow, that's worship to the Lord even. Wow. Okay, so the way we live is worship to God. Interesting. Okay, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And that word, word pattern means to be fashioned like, to fashion yourself according or look like. So you're looking to, you know, don't look to the world to tell you who you are, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what the Lord has been talking to me about today is the turmoil the the world is in right now, and I'm not just talking about 
the politics. I'm not just talking about because it it's election year. If you guys are paying attention at all, it's so obvious that there is a, a darkness that's becoming, getting ready to get exposed and is being exposed. And um, it's just amazing to me uh, uh, the, how, how intense everything is, right? It just feels like it's getting intense. Like, okay, Jesus, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to live in a season like this? in the times where things are getting exposed and things are moving. And the Father is, um, he's coming to, to expose that stuff. What, what is our calling to, in that, right? And this is just kind of like, I think every day we're, as we're following Christ and as we're living, we're feeling this tension. Anybody feeling tension? When you go out and you post something on Facebook and you're like, get ripped up one side and down the other and you're like, oh my gosh, I just shouldn't say anything. I should just keep my mouth shut. Um, and so there's this tension to conform. And uh, the Lord started talking to me about Moses and the Pharaoh and, and this weekend. He's just kept bringing that up, kept bringing that up. And so we're going to talk about Moses today a little bit. Uh, last time we talked about Elisha, and that was fun. So we're just hanging out in the Old Testament every time I speak lately. But um, Moses was born in a time of chaos, wasn't he? The Israelites had been in captivity for 430 years. Now, you got to think about this. That's generation after generation after generation after generation born into slavery, born into captivity. They know nothing else besides, I mean, this is their reality. And uh, Moses was born in that time. And, you know, I think most of us know the story of Moses, but there might be a few people that don't. Um, He was born and his mom there was a law, you know, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. Pharaoh wanted, he looked out and there was too many Israelites in his land. Too many of them. I think there were 600,000 Israelites and he made him uncomfortable. And so he wanted to reduce that, that size. And so he said uh, to the, to the midwives, I want you to kill all the male um, Israelite because uh, if they, if we ever have a war, they're going to raise up against us. And so the midwives, because they feared the Lord, wouldn't do that. And they just said, oh, you know, they're just born before we get there. So then he changes the law again, and he says, okay, so every male that's born, I want you to kill it. And so that, you know, then there's this law. So Moses is born, and his mom hides him for three months, puts him in the river, floats him downstream. And, uh, you know, how the story goes. Pharaoh's daughter finds him. She keeps him. She's like, he's so cute. And then he's raised up in the house uh, with Pharaoh. He's raised in Pharaoh's house. So he is not being raised in the same mindset as all of the other Israelites in that land. Because they are working. They're getting beaten. They're not, you know, they're suffering. Suffering is happening in the land. And so then Moses, you know, he grows up. And then he sees this whole thing go down and kills a kills a, another Egyptian because he's beaten up some slaves, and then he has to flee because Pharaoh wants to kill him. Okay, so that's where we're at. We got caught up on that story. He's out in the middle of nowhere. He meets his wife's family. He helps them. He gets, he gets hitched. She gets married. He has a father-in-law, all those great things. And his father-in-law, now we're going to move to Exodus. His father-in-law sends him on a mission. Go take these sheep up to the other side of the mountain. So he's up on the other side of the mountain. And so I'm going to read this as Exodus 3, 2. Um, so he's up on the, a mountain 
the mountain of God called Horeb. And so it says, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, Moses called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. So I just want to stop right there. First, my first initial thoughts when I was reading this story many, many, many years ago was, I wonder how many times he walked by the bush before he looked, before he turned aside, before he noticed that it was burning. And so the funny thing is, is nowadays, if we were walking out in the middle of nowhere and we just had, you know, time on our hands, we're watching sheep, you don't really have to watch them that, that hard, you know that Moses would be walking around like this on his iPhone, right? He would not be paying attention. So he'd be walking around and there's like a massive burning bush that's not going anywhere and he's just like not even noticing, oh, where'd the sheep go? Oh, okay, I'm on Facebook, no worries. And so my, my, my instruction to us all, including myself, is to turn aside, Turn aside, be, be present, be aware, because the Lord wants to speak to us, all right? So he turned, it said when he turned aside, he spoke to him. Otherwise, who knows how many times he walked by it or was going to have to walk by it before he caught a clue that God was there. So when he looked, in this version it says, when the Lord saw he had gone to over to look, he called for him from the bush. Um, so he has this great thing where he has this encounter with the Lord. And then the Lord gives him an instruction. Um, he says, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. <laughs> this, is, this is classic humanity right here. Number 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. So then, fast forward just a little tiny bit, their same conversation, Moses answers again. What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? A staff. So he goes through all of these things, all of these signs that the Lord's going to do uh, through him. Throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. It became a snake. He, he I love it. Moses ran. And, um, <laughs> and so then he goes back and he goes, all right, I got the snake, picked it up, comes a staff. Well, wow, that's a cool sign. Right there. That's pretty crazy, right? That's pretty, pretty wild. First of all, the bush is burning. It's not being, going anywhere. God's speaking like I'm speaking, like a booming voice out of the bush. Okay, two, second sign. That's crazy. Throws the staff on the ground, turns into a snake, picks it up again by the head. Whoa, it's a staff again. That's crazy. And then he goes, put your hand inside your cloak. So he put his hand in his cloak. He took it out, and his skin was leprous. And then he said, put it back in the cloak, and then it was restored. So all of these things are happening that are just crazy miraculous. These are not normal day, everyday occurrences. In my life, I don't know how, what your life looks like, but I'm not seeing these signs and wonders every day in my life. So, um, so then he says again, pardon your servant, Lord. I have not, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. 
So never been eloquent, not now, not before, not ever, not during this conversation. I don't know if you've picked this up yet, God, but I got to stutter. I mean, that's basically what Moses was saying. I'm disqualified. And the Lord said, who, who gave human beings their mouths? At that point right there, I would just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm done arguing. He said, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Moses said for the third time, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. I just think this is so applicable to all of us. Anytime the Lord is like, I've got something awesome for you. Here's some signs. Here's some wonders. Here's your passion. There's people that need your influence. And you're like, "Mm, I might send someone else. Send somebody else. Three times he tells God to send someone else. So my second point in this, turn aside and leave your disqualifiers behind. Because there is always going to be reasons that we're not good enough or powerful enough or equipped enough, eloquent enough, polished enough. I mean, there's always somebody else in our mind that can do it better. But when God calls us, just lay it down because he's the one that puts, he's the one that gives human beings their mouths, right? Whew, okay. Um, so then he gives him Aaron and sends him on his way. Um, and so I just want to just point out that Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83. That's old for me to be sent out on a mission. Like, if the Lord calls me at 80 to be like, you're going to go to the gates of this foreign country, and you're going to talk, and you're going to do all these signs and wonders, and it's going to be really hard, but I'm sending you. I probably would be like with Moses. I'd probably be like, "Mm, mm." isn't there somebody else that you can send? But he sends them. He sends them at 80 and 83. And then, of course, you know that he addresses Pharaoh, and he gives all the signs and all the wonders, and he goes through it all. And it says that he hardens Pharaoh's, hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he could show his wonders in the land. I don't think that those wonders were necessarily just for Egypt. They were to teach the Israelites his faithfulness, his power, his might, that he is an almighty God. And yet, you know, still, they, 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 they just, it was just real hard for them. I mean, you read the, you read the book of Exodus, I hope. It was hard for the Israelites. Every, every time there was a bump in the road, every time, you know, they didn't have to worry about food. Food was falling from the sky. But every time they had a woe, it was, let me go back to Egypt. We were better off in Egypt. Seriously oppressed with Egypt. But they kept wanting to go back to what they knew, and they kept wanting to go back to a false security, and they kept wanting to go back to someone else controlling them, telling them it was their identity was, was born in, in Egypt. And I just want to challenge us today because I, I notice over the years I've been discipling people for a really long time, walking with people for a really long time, and I notice this, it, it, it's... There's an emotionalism that has come into our belief system about God. And so God is good, and we're always fine saying, 
God's good all the time, all the time. God's good, right? It's catchy and we say it to each other. I don't, but other, other churches do. Other people do. It's great. It's a, good, it's a good saying. It's awesome. I love it. It's true. Until something goes wrong in our lives and then we're like, God hates me. He's spiting me. He's forsaken me. Where is, is God even real? I saw some, somebody on Facebook a couple months ago that uh, I had walked with just a little bit. I didn't really know them very much, but they got frustrated because they hadn't, and this is a common frustration for anybody that's, you know, waiting for their spouse. I understand that this can be a frustration, but he, they had gotten to the place where they're like, I'm just done. I don't believe in God anymore. He hasn't sent my spouse, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, so are you serving God or is God serving you? Because that seems a little interesting that when you get to the point of frustration, you walk away. And I think that there, we all are now, some of you guys may not have gotten to that place yet in your life because you're young and you haven't experienced any kind of loss and there's maybe your life's been super easy and I am happy for you. Praise God. But as you walk on in life, I don't think you can love people well and not go through heartbreak. You can't love people truly the way Christ loves people and not experience some loss, some hardship, some injustice. And I'm not even talking about just if you, you know, have a sickness or if you, you know, go through a hard time with losing a job or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just part of life that things happen and that it's, it's not easy. And if we have an emotionalistic approach to the gospel, then it's on our terms when we love God. Like, I'll love you when you do this, this, and this. But if I, if I have a, a struggle, then, then I don't know if we're good. And God actually calls us to follow him whether we want to or not, whether we feel like it or not, whether things are going great in our life or not. And you're probably looking at me going, what do you know about hardship? I know, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you my story sometime. I know. I want to hit this thing so hard because we are not to conform to the world. We're not called to conform to what people need us to be or want us to be or expect us to be. And then we're not also called to conform to an emotionalistic gospel when we feel like it. God is God. And he is good. And when we go through hard times... We just, we have to press in knowing that he's going to turn it around for good. He's going to turn it around for our benefit. And I'm not saying, oh, everything that happens was, is God. It's not God. I believe there's lots of things that happen um, on this earth that God doesn't want to happen. But if we can submit, like sickness is what I'm talking about, like disease, like poverty, like hatred. God doesn't want any of those things. But do we experience them? Yeah, we experience them. And our strength is found in those times where we're upset, when we're feeling lost, when we're feeling scared, when we're feeling frustrated, when we're feeling accused, when the enemies are surrounding us. Our strength is not to back away 
our strength is in the Lord. He's the only one. He's the only one that will work it all for good if I trust him, if I believe him, if I'll stay, if I'll wait, if I'll hold. It's quiet in here. So quiet. So I feel like the Lord just really wanted to stir a call to, to step aside, to set time aside, to turn aside and wait on him. You know, that, that last word I brought to you guys was about Elisha, and he was in the cage. The cage. <laughs> the cave. The cave. And God was going to speak to him, right? Elijah. Did I say Elijah? Elijah. God was going to speak to Elijah. And so he goes up, and he... Again, miracle, 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 miracle. So all these supernatural things. The angels are feeding him. The ravens are feeding him. And, you know, God's appearing. All this crazy stuff. He goes up to the cave, and he is waiting for God. And how does God speak to him? In a still, small voice. But what did he do in that season? He turned aside, and he waited. And I do believe that in this next, in this time specifically, there is so much fear. There's so much distraction. There's so, it's so loud Everywhere you go, there's an argument or there's a point to be made or there's a stance. And the Lord is saying, who will set, their, set themselves aside to me and listen for my instruction, for my voice, for my words of identity and affirmation and approval? Who will step aside and wait on the Lord? And the Lord is looking to raise people up in this season. I believe that that this is going to be one of the greatest influencer, influence, influential, I'm not very eloquent today, I'm sorry, you guys, influential times for the Christian church in history, but I believe that he is also doing away with stale religion. Pharaoh represented more than just Egypt in the Bible. He represented a... I'm going to pull it up right now. He represented a spirit of religion. It says memory and knowledge instead of spiritual truth. That stale, reciting religious instead of the reality of heaven. We were not born to just sit in in ordinary life. Jesus equipped us so that we could turn this world upside down for him. It's, he also represents a false security, a false doctrine, a self-made people, doubt and unbelief, and he represents the natural minds. In Isaiah 30, I'm going to turn there real quick. In Isaiah 30, God confronts this mindset again. Now, this is... I don't know how many years, I should have looked this up, but how many years it had been since they had taken uh, the Israelites out of Egypt at this point. But he's, this is Isaiah 30, verse 1. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sins upon sins, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. 
But Pharaoh's protection will be your shame, and Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. There is such a pressure right now to find our security in something else besides God. Anything else besides God, whether it's education, whether it's uh, politics, whether it's finance, financial, um, the security of, and I'm not saying that security, having security is bad, but I'm saying if I trust in my 401k more than I do, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to actually sustain me, to actually walk with me. I'm not talking about a, a umbrella of I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I'm talking about I'm living on earth knowing that the Father of lights is walking with me. And that's our portion, right? Jesus died on the cross so that we could walk with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could walk with us and empower us to have a sound mind, to renew our minds. So that means anytime those old thoughts come out of who am I, I need to look to the world, or where do I find my security, maybe in my job. Oh, wait, my job's gone. Now I'm freaking out. Oh, no, my house is gone. Now I'm freaking out. Find your value, find your security in an eternal purpose. And it's not for eternity. Eternity's now. I think we need to remember that. Eternity's now. We started when we were born again, walking towards heaven. But this is still, this isn't going to stop when we, when we go to heaven. We're not going to all of a sudden have a new relationship with the Lord built. Like we bring our relationship there. So we're living towards that, knowing that God is with us now, and he'll still be with us there. And our job is to bring heaven to earth. Our job is to bring the glory of God to the people that we walk with. Our job is to renew our minds until we think and look like him. Our actions look like his actions. Our beliefs look like his beliefs. The way we love people looks like the way he loves people. Right? It's so much bigger than just not sinning. We're not in a sin management program. Like, thank you guys for coming today. My name's Lacey Tamani, or Tamani, my, that's my, like, my name's Lacey Thompson, and this is AA for sin management. No, this is not. We were called to be empowered to live the way he lives, to love the way he loves. That means sin is a much, it's a much lower bar, such a low bar. We're above the law which means we're up here because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk and talk and see the way he sees and love the way he loves. So, but when those, those thoughts come, those captivity thoughts, those orphan thoughts, then we get to renew our minds. Then we get to say, God, what do you think about this? Who am I in this area? Yeah? <sighs> I don't want to go... To, I don't want to go to Pharaoh for my security. Even if it's riskier to walk with the Lord. Sometimes it feels riskier, doesn't it? Listen, I left my home and moved here with no plan B. That doesn't seem very smart to me, and I did it. And sometimes when you're following God, the things that feel secure aren't the things he's necessarily calling you to. I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten to really fully experience that ever in my walk with the Lord. It's always, I feel like I'm always just on the edge of my seat like, okay, 
all right. This is how I would respond, but this is what you're telling me. You just know that that, (laughs) that's my road rage talking. You're laughing, aren't you, because of the road rage. All right, I confess. Again, my name's Lacey Thompson. Thank you for coming. I'm in Sin Management AA. Sin Sin Management Anonymous. Yes, I don't like sometimes when people cut me off or are rude to me. I have a hard time. But do I hit them with my car? No, I don't. I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. There's a lot of things I would do differently if it was up to me. But they're not the right things. They're not things that are going to help anyone or myself. And so I just want to encourage you to the place, first of all, again, turn aside, make time. The Lord spoke this to me uh, in a way that was really funny. I I do art a lot of times. I'll kind of do, I'll put lots of different things on the, the paper, lots of different colors. And then I wait on the Lord and I look and see what, it's, what it's, I see. And then I fill it in with what I see. And a lot of times God shows me things either in myself, things that he's saying, or things for, you know, what he's wanting to release on the earth through the pictures that he shows me. And this time is really funny because I'm like, I need to be getting my sermon together. And God's just like, keep doing your art. I'm like, I don't, I know, this is so irresponsible, Lord. I need to be, I need to be writing and jotting down notes and can you just tell me what you're going to what you want me to talk about because I don't want to say something that is me I want to talk about what you want to talk about and so as I was doing this all week in this art he showed me five different things and um you know I took the time and I filled them all in and I was like okay what does this mean nothing I don't hear anything I'm like dang it God what what are you saying what do you want me to talk about and it was when I turned aside and I looked up each thing and I went into the Bible and I saw the symbolism in the word that he was showing me. That's when he released the prophetic word. And I just thought it was interesting because I think there's so much time, at least with me, that I'll just be like, just tell me what to do. <laughs> just tell me what you're saying. Quick, in and out. Just, I got to get stuff done. I'm busy, Lord. And the Lord is like, it's not going to be that easy. You need to actually seek out what I'm saying. And there's a difference, isn't there? There's an easy, microwave, fast approach sometimes we have to our relationship with the Lord. And I just don't feel like in this season he's very interested in that. I think he's more interested in developing people that are going to be able to free captives, lead the way he wants to be led, that turn aside and listen to him and are obedient to him. And they, they live first, they seek first the kingdom. I just think that this is who he's, really, he's raising up as the leaders and the influencers. And I don't think anybody's left out of that. I think we all have opportunity to be empowered, to run this race and to be influential and to be, um, to be people that are lights. I think he, he, we need a lot more light, don't we? A lot more light. And it's not going to come from us being afraid. It's not going to come from us censoring ourselves. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. I'm not saying, I think sometimes we filter things through what, what is very present. I'm not saying 
take your opinions and throw them on Facebook in an argument. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying live your life full of the glory of God and invite other people to do it as well. Starts here. Starts there. Sometimes we want to microwave that and be like, oh, this is what I believe. Bam. Without actually walking it out. Without actually doing those things in our life. So that's what I got. And I'm going to pray for you guys. Uh, Jeremiah, you can come up and get on the keys. So I just want to pray, Lord, thank you. Thank you for having a heart to empower. Thank you for being a father who believes in his kids. That you don't only believe in us, Lord, that you died for us to be completely set free, completely um, immersed in your spirit. God, I just thank you that we don't have to look to the world to tell us who we are. We don't have to look to media. We don't have to look to the trends of the day. God, that we can be so full of you and your truth. And God, I pray, Lord, for this, this, this group of revivalists, this new wave of revival that you're bringing. God, I thank you that it's not a lukewarm church that you're calling, Lord. You are calling fire of your presence, Lord. You are calling signs and wonders. God, I thank you that the signs and wonders that are going to be seen are going to draw men and women to you, Lord. They're going to, they're going to be a sign on the earth, God. I just, I, God loves, he loves to be a sign and he loves to be a wonder. It's part of who he is. He loves to show off. God, I thank you for an uncompromising generation, Lord, that seeks your face. God, that we don't go by what we feel at the time. God, we go by the truth of your word, the truth of the gospel, the truth of everything you paid for, Jesus, that we won't settle for anything less than the fullness that you paid for. Can you just put your hands out and say, I won't settle for anything less than the fullness of what Jesus paid for. That is a dangerous prayer you just prayed, my friends. Holy Spirit, will you be the source that reminds us, that guides us, that, that, that leads us, that speaks the truth to us? Lord, I thank you that no one is disqualified from this call. No one is disqualified. There is no height nor depth principality that can keep you from the love that he has for you. So Lord, I pray right now, all of those disqualifiers, I pray that you would hit them so strong with the love of God. So strong with that love that you were talking about in that verse, Lord. That every shadow of our minds would shine with your presence, would shine with your hope, would shine with your truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I bless them, Lord. I bless them that you're enough, that you're enough to be loved, that you're enough to be powerful. 
that you have all of the resources of heaven. (laughs) What a wonderful thing to have all the resources of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Help us know it. Help us live it. In Jesus' name.